when we left off with episode four at the tail end of last week, we had only covered the first half of the China section of the Marco Polo Biden laptop report. So we're going to finish that up in this episode. And uh, then we'll move on to Ukraine and, and other associations and other scenarios, starting with episode six. But here in five, we're going to just going to finish out China. But before we jump into that, I want to cover something that if you hadn't consciously thought of it up until this point, you need to be thinking about it. Here we are now, starting into the fifth episode. We've had four episodes, over 45 minutes each episode. And this is all content being taken from the Marco Polo Independent Research on the laptop contents. And yet, there's been very little content that has dealt with Hunter Biden's personal life. Very little that's had to do with his uh, drug issues, prostitution issues, things of that nature. It's mostly been business dealings. And it's important to remind you of that here because the media, the Democrats, the rhinos would have you believe that this is all a Republican witch hunt to shoot down the personal character of Hunter Biden and nothing more. When in reality, it is very different from that. The vast majority of the content that is on that laptop is dangerous, not because of it revealing Hunter's personal life, it is dangerous because of it revealing the business dealings of Hunter and other Biden family members and their associates on an international level in a unconstitutional, illegal manner. And, and these are with big wigs. These aren't little, small, little, whatever, uh, back room, sweaty little parlor kinds of things. These are massive level connections, leadership in China. Ukraine, and so forth. That's the stuff that is damaging on this laptop. That's the stuff that's dangerous. Nobody cares about Hunter Biden's personal ethics and his personal life and his addictions. And it, it, it's, it says something to his character, but it doesn't say anything for U.S. citizen awareness. We don't need to know any of that stuff. We don't care to know any of that stuff. Uh, and I, I, I take it back to that we didn't need to know what Bill Clinton was doing with an intern at home. Where it became a problem was he was doing these things with an intern while he was on the job in the Oval Office. Well, the same thing goes here. What Hunter Biden did in his personal life, I don't care about and We shouldn't care about, just like we don't need them to know our personal lives. But what was being done from a business perspective and how it was being used quite honestly, to profit one family against American interest, against U.S. citizens' interest, that is important, and that is our business, and we do need to know those things are going on, and the laptop reveals this content. That's why it's been covered. That's why it should be covered. And so don't let the, the smoke and mirrors of Hunter's personal life be the reason why uh, this is being talked about. You need to be paying attention to the rest of this, the stuff that I am reporting on. And, uh, and that continues, obviously, with the a major portion of that being China. So that's where we're going to, to set in now, talking about the CEFC. China Energy Company Limited, CEFC Energy. Starting in early 2015, Hunter and his partners were setting up a deal with CEFC Energy, whose founder, Jean Ming Yi was the former Deputy Secretary General 
of a branch of a CCP-funded organization known as the China Association for International Friendly Contact, CAIFC. According to a U.S. government commission report, CAIFC is a front organization that, quote, performs dual roles of intelligence collection and conducting propaganda and perception management campaigns, unquote. CEFC Energy was a behemoth, spanning the globe and acting as China's private sector of OBOR. The aforementioned partnership, according to correspondence on the Biden laptop and audio messages from Hunter himself, involved players from at least four countries. Prospective meetings between Yi and Zhou were to be approved by Jinping Chi himself, who they call the, quote, number one. And the daily operations were overseen by John Jun Zhang. The core players in the partnership are as follows. And if I mispronounce these, I apologize in advance. Patrick Ho, John Jun Zhang, John Ming Yi, Kevin Dong, Yidong Lu, uh, Jiqui Bo, Mervyn Yan, Anthony Robert Belinsky, James Andrew Gillier, and Sanin Sasha Futraku. Instrumental to the partnership was a bald and elusive Englishman named James Gillier, who explained to Tony Bobolinsky on Christmas Eve 2015 that there was going to be a deal between one of the most prominent families from the U.S. and CEFC Energy. The deal was going to be constructed by Gillier, who called the planned Biden-CCP-linked slush fund a no-brainer. Rob Walker, Hunter's aforementioned business partner, had been working with Gillier since at least March of that year and was introduced to Bobolinsky by Gillier, who joked that Rob had his address, quote, for commissions. A longtime conciliar to some of Joe's friends, the ruling family of the United Arab Emirates, Gillier had also facilitated CEFC Energy's buying spree in the Czech Republic, where he was based. In fact, he became an economic advisor to the president of the Czech Republic, Milos Zeman. By May 2017, Joe's term as vice president had ended, and optics were ripe for the Bidens to cash in. Bobolinsky and Gillier drew up a joint venture called Sinohawk Holdings, LLC, which was owned 50-50 by 1. Hunter West IV, LLC, which was controlled by Yi and Kevin Dong, and 2. Oneida Holdings, LLC, the shell company through which Joe's son and brother would hold 20% of Sinohawk. Back to 2015. The earliest appearance of the keyword CEFC on the Biden laptop was a lengthy email on October 4th from globalhawk7777 at gmail.com, which referred to Hunter as, quote, chairman. The note promised, quote, invitations for the Bidens to speak in China, etc., and that, quote, all expenses will be covered as well as speaking engagements. Scott O. bragged about CEFC's prowess as it was, quote, tagged to be part of the delegation that Chinese President Xi Jinping brought with him recently to the U.S., unquote. True to form, Hunter responded to O's honeypot email within a day. Quote, Scott, when is a good time for a call today? 
other than being a seemingly wealthy consultant of Korean extraction who has given exclusively to Democrats, Oh's business relationships and background are a mystery. Oh is affiliated with over a dozen shell companies in various jurisdictions. When asked by Marco Polo if he had met Yi in South Korea, where Yi attended college, Oh offered to introduce us to his attorney. When we asked for his attorney's contact information, Oh hung up. This ghost-like character facilitated a meeting between Yi and Hunter on December 7, 2015, yet very little is known about him. After hosting Oh and John Jun Zhang, Yi couldn't make it, for a meeting, Hunter spent the next 18 months in a blur of prostitutes, strip clubs, crack cocaine, and pornography, while he waited for Joe's vice presidency to end so that he could overtly cash out with the Chinese, instead of attempting to be discreet as he had done in the case of BHR. While Patrick Ho, another key underling for Yi and CEFC, was delivering glowing speeches about the greatness of OBOR and the China Dream, Hunter browsed CEFC Energy's website and shopped for luxury slippers, while a pornographic video raged in the background. The kaleidoscope of people and entities that were courting Hunter and the Biden family were all embedded in the United Nations and other seemingly benign organizations with flowery mission statements. Indeed, the former president of the UN General Assembly, a Serbian named Juk Jeremic, was a key plank on the road that connected the Bidens to their Chinese payout. Jeremic was called as a witness in host trial. These internationalists explicitly leveraged and showcased Joe's time in public office and his relationships as a result of that office to attempt to drum up business for their planned joint venture. Gillier, who came from a family of leftists and advocated for CEFC Energy to take over the legendary American company Westinghouse, utilized Joe's liberal public positions such as his support for so-called green energy policies to forge partnerships with foreign oligarchs. For those listeners who still believe the lie that Joe was not involved with this planned joint venture with CCP proxies, why would it be relevant that Joe and the Colombian president got along well when he was the VP? Gillier deemed it so important that he put a picture of them in his proposal for investment vehicle. Side note, Gillier's daughter, Imogene, worked for a prime contractor to the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign in 2016. Timeline item, April 25th, 2017, where Southern District, New York, who, Jimmy Biden and Rob Walker, what violations, U.S. Code, Title 18, Section 2, Title 22, Section 612. Hunter's uncle, Jimmy Biden, acted as an unregistered agent for foreign principal, CEFC Energy. Jimmy was hoping to meet with the disgraced former governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, who previously gave Naomi Biden, Hunter's daughter, an internship. The Bidens hoped to bring the key players to the meeting, including Yi, CEFC Energy Executive Zhang, and Prince Felix of Luxembourg. Gillier, an ever-present force in the background, organized the meeting request. Screenshot from CEFC Energy's website around the time Jimmy prepared the memo displayed a headline of Yi bragging about his recent meeting with the chairman of the Russian SOE oil conglomerate Rosneft. Although CEFC Energy's ownership structure was purposely opaque, 
their news headlines, and their logo pointed to the oftentimes unspoken truth that the company was ultimately controlled by the Chinese state. It made sense why CEFC Energy and its NGO did not advertise their true owners and partners. They were aligned with the CCP's People's Liberation Army, specifically its propaganda organ. PLA Unit 61716, also known as the Public Opinion Warfare, Psychological Warfare, and Legal Warfare Base, or Base 311, was connected with the CEFC. A week after Bobolinsky met with Joe before the latter's speech at the Milken Conference on May 3, 2017, CEFC Energy partnered with the Rothschild family. The company also sent a personal invitation to Bobolinsky in order for him to secure a business visa, which, like the joint venture, would fall through. However, the Bidens moved on without him, as will be explained later in this section. As a side note, a portion of Tony Bobolinsky's statement to the New York Post was published in the report, with specific sections highlighted, such as the following, quote, If the media and big tech companies had done their jobs over the past several weeks, I would be irrelevant in this story. Given my long-standing service and devotion to this great country, I could no longer allow my family's name to be associated or tied to Russian disinformation or implied lies and false narratives dominating the media right now. And he goes on later to say, While I was outlining is fact. I know it is fact because I lived it. I am the CEO of Sinohawk Holdings, which was a partnership between the Chinese operating through CEFC Chairman Yi and the Biden family. I was brought into the company to be the CEO by James Gillier and Hunter Biden. The reference to, quote, the big guy in the much-publicized May 13, 2017 email is, in fact, a reference to Joe Biden. The other JB referenced in that email is Jim Biden, Joe's brother. Then he goes on to say further, quote, Hunter Biden called his dad, quote, the big guy or my chairman and frequently referenced asking him for his sign-off or advice on various potential deals that we were discussing. I've seen Vice President Biden saying he never talked to Hunter about his business. I've seen firsthand that that's not true because it wasn't just Hunter's business. They said they were putting the Biden family name and its legacy on the line, unquote. Then he went on to say, as his last paragraph in his statement, quote, I don't have a political axe to grind. I just saw behind the Biden curtain, and I grew concerned with what I saw. The Biden family aggressively leveraged the Biden family name to make millions of dollars from foreign entities, even though some were from communist-controlled China. Unquote. The report goes on to say, just two days after Yi's meeting with the Rothschilds, Gillier, who was a key spoke in the CCP's wheel of elite capture in the Czech Republic, sent an email to Bobolinsky with Walker and Hunter CCZ about the group's expected remuneration packages. Hunter was to receive an $850,000 salary and 10% of the holding company's shares for Joe, who Gillier called the big guy. In response, Hunter said that he, quote, needed a hell of a lot more than $850,000. Importantly, there were other references to Joe as the big guy on the Biden laptop, along with Bobolinsky's confirmation. Perhaps more incredible than Joe's involvement in the planned joint venture was Xi Jinping's covert oversight of the deal. 
On two separate occasions, both Gillier and Hunter alluded to Chi's role in both approving meetings and ownership shares. Gillier told Bobulinski, quote, As I know Chairman Yi will come to meet VP Joe if he gets approval from number one Chi, but I think otherwise he wouldn't, unquote. The following day, Bobulinski expressed concerns about the Biden's ability to overrule him on corporate decisions, to which Hunter shot back with fervor, quote, Tony, that is what Zhang implied. They are both, Zhang and Lee, coming to be my partner, to be partners with the Bidens. He, Zhang, has implied that the number one, Chi, has made that clear and available to him. Unquote. Along with a party to the messages confirming to Marco Polo that the multiple allusions were to Chi himself, other direct references, such as Hunter referring to Joe as my chairman and Gillier warning Bobolinsky to, quote, not mention Joe being involved, except when face-to-face because the Bidens were paranoid, are more than enough to refute Gillier's bald-faced lies to the Wall Street Journal that Joe was not involved. Side note, the direct quote from the article is as follows. Mr. Gillier told the journal, quote, I would like to clear up any speculation that former Vice President Biden was involved with the 2017 discussions about our potential business structure. I am unaware of any involvement at any time of the former Vice President. The activity in question never delivered any project revenue, unquote. Likewise, it was the Washington Examiner in October of 2020 that published the following statement about Bobolinsky. Quote, Bobolinsky, who has been invited to be a special guest of President Trump at tonight's presidential debate, said before the event, quote, it was made clear to me that Joe Biden's involvement was not to be made in writing, but only face to face, unquote. The report goes on to say that as it turned out, when the papers were signed, Jimmy held Joe's shares through a shell company aptly named Sino-Atlantic Solutions. Gillier, like a good English subject, held his 20% of Oneida through the opaque 8 International Holdings Limited, based in the British Virgin Islands. The first agreement by Sinohawk was for the Chinese side to wire $10 million to Bobolinsky so he, as the CEO, could make the first tranche of OBOR investments. However, nearly a month passed, and they were slow walking the wire transfer, offering random excuses. Plus, according to Bobolinsky, Hunter's manic and bipolar personality was on full display. Exasperated, Bobolinsky convinced Hunter to send a letter to Yi in which Hunter called him, quote, a very close friend of the Biden family and pleaded with Yi to expedite the transfer and receive the, quote, best wishes from the entire Biden family. What Bobolinsky did not realize is that, in response to his logical concerns about Hunter's antics, Jimmy and Hunter had been back-channeling with Yi's lieutenants so they could cut out Bobolinsky, Gillier, and the others to more easily receive Yi's cash, but through another channel, namely, Hudson West 3, LLC. The contrived excuses from the Chinese side ran the gamut from the risk management department of CEFC is showing concerns to we do not have a review and approval mechanism for projects. Bobolinsky was not buying these lame attempts at stonewalling, and for good reason. Behind the scenes, Zell Runlong's associate, Melvin Yan, was drawing up an ownership share schematic for another entity. Hudson West 3 LLC, which would be funded by Yi through Hudson West 5 LLC. Although Yan initially planned on funneling the cash through his own shell company, 
Monochrome Capital Partners, LLC, and would partner with Hunter's single-member law firm, Owasco PC. The final result actually split the baby, even though the joint venture, which was, quote, so much more interesting to the Biden families, they still received millions of dollars from the Chinese for introductions alone by using Hudson West 3 as a 50-50 joint LLC. The objective for the business entity gymnastics was clear. Obfuscate true beneficial ownership to evade law enforcement authorities. Wire transfers and bank statements on the Biden laptop were featured in a U.S. Senate report. Quote, starting on August 8th, the same day the $5 million was received, and continuing through September 25th, 2018, Hudson West 3 sent frequent payments to a Wasco Hunter Biden's firm. These payments, which were described as consulting fees, reached $4,790,375.25 in just over a year. Side notes. So for clarification, Northern International Capital, controlled by Jean-Ming Yi, would produce $4,790,375 sent to Hudson West 3 LLC as a pass-through laundering entity, which would then pass on to various accounts controlled by Hunter Biden. According to the U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs and the U.S. Senate Committee on Finance Majority Staff Report released in September 2020, quote, the Hudson West entities are important entities in the flow of funds among and between Yi, Gonwin, and Hunter Biden and his associates. There are frequent fund transfers across these numbered Hudson West entities and transactions involving all eight have been identified for potential criminal financial activity. For example, Hudson West 3 was not the only Hudson West entity associated with CEFC, Yee's business. According to reporting, Hudson West 5 maintained an ownership interest in CEFC Infrastructure Investment, a subsidiary of CEFC. By extension, this means Hudson West 5 is linked to Yi and the aforementioned $5 million payment to Hudson West 3 on August 8, 2017. Hudson West 5 had ownership in a series of other companies, Hudson West Partners LLC, Hudson West Aggregator LLC, Hudson West 8 LLC, and Hunter West 7 LLC, which begins to show the complex corporate structure at play. Unquote. Timeline item, September 11, 2017 and following. Venue, D.C. and New York. Accomplices, Sarah Biden, John Sandwig, and more. Codes involved. Once again, U.S. Code Title 18, Section 2, and Title 22, Section 612. The FARA violations mentioned in the following were a good representation of who went behind Bobolinsky's back to work with CEFC on a range of issues. Zhang and his family were in need of visas. So Sarah Biden enlisted former Obama appointee and Gilear associate John Senwick to advocate on Zhang's behalf to the U.S. government. Even though all of Zhang's visas were denied, Senwick did have experience illegally representing criminals before the Department of Homeland Security, as Senwick was involved in the Nexium sex cult scandal and represented heiress Claire Bronfman the Nexium sex cult scandal, and represented heiress Clara Bronfman. Side note, according to the Frank Report, published by Frank Parlato in December of 2018, 
There were actually two high-profile Obama lawyers, Sandberg and another named Burke, that represented Nexium in suspicious visa dealings. Timeline item, August 16, 2017 and following. Venue, Southern District, New York. The accomplices, Jimmy and Sarah Biden. U.S. codes involved, Title 18, Section 2 and Section 1344. Under the penalty of perjury, Hunter lied on an official bank document to receive a credit card collateralized by companies financed by Yee. Hunter testified to Mindy Wong at Cafe Bank that he was not subject to backup withholding from the IRS, a blatant lie. In fact, a Wasco PC owed thousands of dollars due to undeclared income from Burisma. Yan was happy to accommodate the $30,000 limit credit cards for not only Hunter, but also Jimmy and Sarah Biden. A U.S. Senate report, based on SARS, stated that they went on a, quote, global spending spree and quickly liquidated the cards. One week after receiving the credit card backed by Yee's proxies, Hunter instructed Cecilia Browning, his office's building manager at the House of Sweden, to get keys cut for Joe. In fact, Joe's new grift, called the Biden Foundation, and Yee's espionage outlet were going to be office mates. Hunter then pasted an internet biography of Yee, who Hunter admiringly called his partner. Yee had just bought a luxury condo and apartment in Manhattan via Chairman Yee's CEFC emissary, Dong, and Hunter thought that it was relevant to include an article describing the purchases. Side note, the email being referred to here actually read as follows with the subject 507. It says, please have keys made available for new office mates, Joe Biden, Jill Biden, Jim Biden. Gonwin Dong, Chairman Yi CEFC Emissary. Then it says, I would like the office sign to reflect the following. The Biden Foundation, Hudson West, CEFC US. And he says, the lease will remain under my company's name, Rosemont Seneca. And then to finish it out, at the bottom of the email, Hunter provides his father, Joe Biden's personal cell phone number, as well as his uncle, Jim Biden's number. The report goes on to say, the only deal which the Bidens seriously attempted to consummate in return for their $5.7 million payout from Yee's entities would have given those entities preferential access to American liquefied natural gas, LNG. Greg Michaels from Monkey Island LNG and attorney Britt Singletary tried to help Hunter secure those American LNG exports for CEFC. Fortunately for the U.S., the deal fell through. Timeline item. Patrick Ho representation. Dated September 22, 2017 through March 26, 2018. Venue, once again, Southern District of New York. Accomplices, Jimmy Biden and Patrick Ho. And once again, U.S. codes involved, Title 18, Section 2 and Title 22, Section 612. Although he told Bobolinsky he signed an attorney engagement letter with Yee, Hunter illegally represented Ho for $1 million while not registering per the FARA. The timing of the agreement was curious, as Ho was arrested upon landing at JFK International Airport exactly two months after Hunter signed the attorney engagement letter. Ho, who Hunter called the effing spy chief of China, 
would be convicted of violating the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act for bribing and laundering money to African officials in exchange for oil rights. Along with Yudong Li, Ho also ran Yi's sham charity, the UN-affiliated China Energy Fund Committee slush fund. Unsurprisingly, Ho's first call from the Metropolitan Detention Center after being arrested by federal agents on November 18, 2017, was to the president's brother, Jimmy, in order to track down his attorney, Hunter. Ho was under FISA surveillance, so Ho's calls to Jimmy and Hunter were recorded, which would certainly make for some very interesting listening. And it made the FBI slow walk of the Biden laptop that much more egregious. According to evidence presented at Ho's trial, the FISA surveillance revealed the CEFC NGO's modus operandi in detail. It snares so-called developing countries in situations that eventually forced them to give up ownership of their natural resources to CEFC energy. In other words, Ho and his benefactor, Yi, were loan sharks to African despots, and the African countries were left holding the bag because the despots would get paid off. Judge Preska, at Ho's sentencing hearing, repeated lines from a U.N. convention. Quote, Corruption is an insidious plague that is found in all countries, big and small, rich and poor, but it is in the developing world that its effects are most destructive. Unquote. Now, Hunter did not spend a single day in court on behalf of the globe-trotting Chinese loan shark. Instead, Hunter farmed that work out to attorneys at the white shoe firm Krieger Kim in Lewin, LLP whose founding partner, Ed Kim, departed the Southern District of New York just two months before Ho was arrested. However, Hunter did arrange to get the $1 million from Ho wired to his shell company, Owasco LLC. One of the feds, who was likely involved in the FISA surveillance of Ho, was Charlie McDonagall, the then sack for counterintelligence in the New York field office. Well, McDonagall's wife, was on the Biden laptop, as the couple's daughter and one of Hunter's daughters played lacrosse together. McDonagall is the subject of a federal grand jury probe for possible FAR violations and other dealings with Russian oligarchs. Based on an email from Kim, determining if McGonagall was one of the agents Hunter spoke with on Ho's behalf ought to be the focus of a congressional subpoena. Oh, and a side note, according to Business Insider, he was also an agent that was associated with the Trump-Russia investigation. Timeline item marked March 20th, 2018 and following. Venues, Southern District, New York, Eastern District of Arkansas. Accomplices, Kevin Dong, Patrick Ho. U.S. Code Violations, of course, Title 18, Section 2, but also 981A1A. 1956 A1AI, 1957 A, and Arkansas Code 542-204. One month after Chi detained Yi, an email from Wells Fargo's Cindy Duncan confirmed that a $1 million wire transfer hit Hunter's account after he requested his retainer from Ho via Dong. Within an hour, Hunter asked Duncan how to access the illegally acquired funds or the FARA, and sent it to other shell companies, such as Scanatelis. These paper trails exposed Joe's ridiculous lie, quote, 
my son has not made money in terms of this thing about what you were talking about, China, unquote. Timeline item, May 24th, 2018 and following. Venues, D.C. and Eastern District, Pennsylvania. Accomplices, Jimmy and Sarah Biden. U.S. codes involved. Of course, Title 18, Section 2, but also 981 A1A, 1956 A1AI, 1957 A, and Pennsylvania Code, Title 18, Statute 5111. Jimmy and his wife Sarah benefited from Hunter's illegal, unregistered representation of a foreign principal. Later that spring, Jimmy's firm sent multiple fraudulent invoices for $82,500 as his monthly retainer for international business development to Hunter's shell company. In truth, the funds Jimmy sought originated from Hunter's faux legal counsel for Ho and the original slush fund set up by Yee. As you will notice in the influence peddling section, Jimmy alluded to these transactions as his, quote, monthly draw, confirming that there was no active business development occurring. Ye had, in every sense of the phrase, set up a piggy bank for Hunter and Jimmy. In a bold and hilariously ironic move, Jimmy sent a reminder, invoice 1180, to let Hunter know that Hunter owed $14,001. Side note, so the way this would work is that Yee, through Northern International Capital, would send funds, say for instance the million dollars and 32 via Ho, or the 1.4 million, to Hudson West 3 LLC as a pass-through entity, which would then send funds to the accounts controlled by Hunter Biden, for example, Owasco, which would then send funds to accounts controlled by Jimmy Biden, for example, Lion Hall Group. Now, Jimmy was not the only one to refer to the payments as their monthly draws. A few months later, their Chinese piggy bank was almost empty, and Hunter tied up loose ends with yen. Quote, Please wire to my Owasco PC account the remaining two monthly draws minus the $35,000 advance that I took last week. So, $250,000 today. Then please give me detailed bank statements of what is left in the account after you've taken your final two draws. We then need to discuss what we owe and to whom and determine what, if any, money is left for disbursement. Unquote. U.S. Senate investigators created a crude diagram which featured the money flow from Yee's piggy bank through Hunter's shell law firm to Jimmy and Sarah. Investigators also noted that, based on SARS, Sarah refused to cooperate with her bank when employees inquired about the large and frequent round-dollar wire transfers, giving the bank no other choice but to close their account. Side note, according to the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Government Affairs and U.S. Senate Committee on Finance Majority Staff Report, reported in September of 2020, quote, Hunter Biden moved large sums of money from his firm Owasco to James Biden's consulting firm, the Lion Hall Group. Between August 14, 2017 and August 3, 2018, Owasco sent 20 wires totaling $1,398,999 to the Lion Hall Group, a consulting firm that lists James Biden and his wife Sarah Biden on the bank account. This transaction was identified for potential criminal financial activity. These transfers 
began less than one week after CEFC Infrastructure Investment wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, and Hudson West 3 sent its first payment of $400,000 to Owasco. Most of the payments from Owasco to the Lion Hall Group had vague notes in the memo lines, 15 of which simply indicated that they were for further credit to James Biden. However, the memo line for one of the payments read HW3, which indicates some of the transferred money would be from Hudson West 3. When the bank contacted Sarah Biden regarding the overall wire activity, she stated that the Lion Hall Group and Owasco provide international and business consulting and that the Lion Hall Group was assisting Owasco with an international client through a contract that had since terminated. Sarah Biden told the bank that she would not provide any supporting documentation and she also refused to provide additional information to more clearly explain the activity. Consequently, the bank submitted the account for closure. On August 17, 2017, three days after the first transfer from Wasco to the Lion Hall Group, it was publicly announced that Yee's CEFC Energy was in talks to purchase a stake in the Russian state-owned energy company Rosneft. Unquote. The report goes on to say, exactly three months after Hunter told Yan to wire the last of the monthly draws from Yee's piggy bank, Hunter sent another $95,000 to his Uncle Jimmy. Yee's largesse did not win Yee any favors with Chi, however, as Hunter complained about his benefactor's fate to his idiot assistant, Katie Dodge. Quote, If you haven't noticed, Katie, my business partner is now a prisoner on death row in China. Unquote. Ho's arrest not only impacted the destiny of Yee, whose cover and the influence operation he was conducting was blown when Ho was detained. Hunter's business colleagues were hounded with press inquiries for the latter half of 2018, and according to Hunter, CIA operatives in China were detained in retaliation. Jimmy and others have not cooperated with inquiries from U.S. Senators. Side note, according to the December 2020 report from the U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs and U.S. Senate Committee on Financial Majority, quote, to date, Devin Archer, James Gillier, John Sandwick, Eric Swearin, and Rob Walker have not been responsive to our letters and emails. Attorneys for Hunter and James Biden have refused to cooperate with the committees. It should be noted that, collectively, President Trump's family and associates produced documents and agreed to appear at interviews with a number of congressional committees. Unquote. In summary, the Bidens committed over two dozen federal felonies in connection with China. Hunter and his business partners, including his family members, committed egregious crimes, specifically money laundering, that have put many others, less connected saps, in prison for decades. Three of Hunter's Chinese benefactors have either vanished or been deported. The family's crimes span over a decade, and as we will note in the final section of the report, the statute of limitations have not passed on many of them. And so with that, we finish our section on China. And uh, that's just the first half of the two sides of the coin that the Bidens keep flipping. And uh, the other half of that is going to be picked up in Episode 6 with the Ukraine.